1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles.
0: Oh, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, Jimmy G is the conversation today. His name is Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles, pod number 59. Let's get into it, Greg. We've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo for it feels like, I don't know, ever since he left a few years ago. And you had said, going back. A couple of weeks ago, that you know, it was like he was he was riding off into the distance, and Belichick was kind of waving goodbye and and hoping somehow, some way, he'd be able to see his guy again. Well, here we are. San Francisco makes the huge trade last Friday over the weekend. We've had time to absorb it. Uh, what was Jimmy G's reaction first of all, Greg, to this deal?
1: It wasn't good. Uh, not only what Kyle Shanahan said um, in his press conference yesterday, but I I had heard over the weekend that um, Jimmy was disappointed that he was not uh, thrilled with what happened, but here's the thing. And uh, these things can evolve. And this could have been in the immediate wake of the trade. What I heard was that he was disappointed, but he understood. And which me as a person who wants to see the Patriots get better at the quarterback position, I was disappointed in that. That yeah. that was his reaction. And I can tell you this, Nick, and this will be an, an uh, evolving conversation and, and we'll go in a bunch of different areas on this. But from where the Patriots are, they, they understand the situation. They understand that San Francisco can do whatever they want. But really it comes down to everybody wants to know what does Jimmy want? It, it, it all comes down to that nick and and we could talk about all these things all we want what do the 49ers want what do the patriots want really it comes down to what jimmy wants and if jimmy doesn't react the right way um then the patriots might just be like you know forget it it's 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 over um the questions that we've had about this kid around him a little bit with his toughness and things like that um this is further evidence of some of that stuff and maybe we don't want to be Involved with him, maybe we don't think he was the person uh, and competitor that he was. So um, it's it's going. I I think where the Patriots are on whether they want him, whether they want to go get him, put any sort of capital towards getting him. Nick is all predicated on how's how does Garoppolo react to this? How does Garoppolo and his agent Don Yee, who is also Tom Brady's agent, how do they react to this, and what do they do? Because they have all the power in this scenario. People could say, "Well, Jimmy doesn't have any leverage and things like that." He does. He's made eighty-nine million dollars in his career. He could sit out if he wants to. You know, he, he he can look at the situation, and and we'll talk about similar situations. Um, you know, the Alex Smiths and what have you. Uh, but he has the power. He's made eighty-nine million dollars. He does not have to make his salary this year. He could say. No, I'm, I, I, you just traded basically our next two years, three years worth of um, high echelon players to get a quarterback because you don't believe in me, but you want me here to help you win a Super Bowl. Like how, you, most people would react be like, screw you. I, yeah. I, go, go with your guy. And, and, and I'm going to go someplace else where I know the offense, where I know they're wanted, where I know, hey, and you can probably say out the door, and who's a better coach? And who doesn't choke away Super Bowls, whether it's an off as an offensive coordinator or as a head coach? I'm going someplace else. Screw you. But we don't know. We don't know what Jimmy's going to do. It's up to Jimmy.
0: I had a very smart advisor one time tell me, if you're unhappy where you work, the employer eventually is going to want to get rid of you, right? Like no matter how talented you are, if you are unhappy at what you are doing, then the employer at some point is going to say, okay, well, you're unhappy. We don't want somebody unhappy in the building. We don't want somebody unhappy being the quarterback of this team and trying to lead us on the field on Sundays. If you're truly unhappy, Jimmy, we will do what we have to do to move you to another spot where you will be happy and you have a chance to be the quarterback, not just this season, but long term. I agree with you. If Garoppolo is not happy, if he walks into that front office, if he talks to Lynch and Shanahan and says, I want out, I'm not going to, as you put it on Twitter a number of times over the past few days, I'm not willing to be the caddy here. I'm going to move on with my career. I think I can be a number one guy. You guys obviously don't agree with that. And I'm not going to sit here and keep the seat warm. I'm going to move on and go somewhere else. If Garoppolo demands that, San Francisco will give in. I mean, the financial aspect of this alone is enough to move Jimmy. If Jimmy walks in and demands it, he will be traded. And then let's not forget, Greg, he also has a no trade clause. So not Mm -hmm. only could he walk in and demand a trade, he could then direct San Francisco to where he wants to go, which takes the leverage out of San Francisco's hands. So Garoppolo does have the leverage here
1: um but at the end of the day you have to look at it and be like all right but but what's the truth what's what's more towards the truth and what's more towards the truth nick to me is this is kyle shanahan people have to remember he went six and ten last year his only winning season as a head coach is when they went to the super bowl right now that's the outlier he has three losing seasons beyond that if it doesn't come together this year, if he has another losing season, he will have four losing seasons in five years. You know, which, which one's the outlier? Dan Quinn, who he worked with, worked for in Atlanta, got fired in the middle of his third losing season. So two and a half losing seasons. Shanahan would have four. There are people around the league, Nick, who think that, that Shanahan, if he does not win this year, he could be in danger. And what you've seen here hmm. is in my opinion it's Kyle Shanahan and and John Lynch borrowing from different parts of how do i not get fired playbook okay <laughs> they're basically covering their ass with Jimmy Garoppolo and the sooner that Jimmy wakes up to this and realizes what's going on the better it is for him but Shanahan and Lynch want to have it both ways they want to be able to say okay well we have the veteran guy who we know went to the super bowl but we really don't and so we're going to try to hang on to him and but we're going to trade – we don't believe in him. We don't think he's talented enough. We don't think he's going to stay healthy enough. So we're going to trade three first-round picks to get his replacement, and and we're going to go that route, which is – the playbook is draft a young quarterback, and you get a few more years because you sell the owner on we need to trade up, we need to do this, we need a young quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So Shanahan's trying to have it both ways. He thinks Jimmy – Gets him at least off to a good start to to the young kids ready, and then he has the young kid to buy him a few more years. It's just it, it, it's just they it, they're going down two different paths, and and anybody who brings up Alex Smith, um, the other scenarios there, there, there's the Alex Smith scenario, but there's also scenarios with when they talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, they're like, oh well, Carson Wentz. Everybody was down on Carson Wentz because he didn't want to compete. Everybody was down on there was somebody else who didn't want to compete. Um, who wanted to get traded. Oh, well, you know, Tom Brady didn't do this when Jimmy Garoppolo um, was drafted. These are completely, they're all completely different situations, which we can get into. But the main thing is Shanahan's trying to cover his ass with Jimmy. And Jimmy needs to realize that as soon as that rookie is ready, I don't care what their record is, that rookie's going in. And yep. so, you know, are you going to just sit there and take that and wait for that to happen? Because that is – you don't trade thir- three first-round picks to sit on the bench. Like no. not even – the Patrick Mahomes thing, they only they only traded up one first-round pick to move up 17 spots. They traded three to move up 10 spots. You don't do that, you know, without without knowing that you want to play that rookie very soon.
0: You know, when I look at this – We can get all wrapped up in the noise because there's a lot of noise. There's all these reports, and as the draft gets closer and closer, we're going to get even more noise thrown at us. Here's how I feel about it. What does common sense tell you? What does logic tell you? Just look at how San Francisco has handled Garoppolo really from day one. So they trade a second-round pick for him, which isn't a ton. He comes in. Mm -hmm. They give him the contract. However, that contract after the first couple of years was a year-to-year deal. They can cut him right now, and it's like $2 million of dead cap space. They didn't give him a contract that handcuffed them. They didn't give Garoppolo a contract that committed to him in the long term. They were not saying by giving him that contract that he was the answer forever and ever amen. That's not what they did with that deal, number one. Number two, the year they get to a Super Bowl, because I know when Jimmy went there and he won the first six or seven games he quarterbacked, you can look back at who he played. He played a bunch of, as Dan Shaughnessy would say, tomato cans. He played teams that were stinking on the road. You know, the best team he played, I think, was Jacksonville that year, but it was on the road. It was all of these things when you look at it and you look inside the numbers, he beat a bunch of cupcakes. Then he walks in as the starter the next year, okay? What did they do? They had a playoff game where they asked him to throw the football eight times. Does any quarterback who was seen as the guy – In a playoff game, throw the football eight times? No. That tells you that they were scheming around their quarterback. The reason why they got to the Super Bowl was not because of Garoppolo, with all due respect to him. It was because they had a great running game. The scheme for Shanahan worked. And their defensive line was obnoxiously talented. And Robert Sala did a great job with the defense. That's what led them to the Super Bowl. And then you get to the Super Bowl and he literally had one of the worst statistical fourth quarters that a quarterback has ever had in the biggest game of his career. On top of all of that, he can't stay healthy, and he turns the football over a decent amount. So you tell me, right? Everybody wants to tell me about why San Francisco is madly in love with Jimmy G and how they're going to commit to him this year. I ask you why. Like on the field, there is no tangible reason the way they've handled this guy from the very beginning after trading for him would tell you that they saw him more as a placeholder than a franchise quarterback. That's what they have seen him as. That's what he is. And that's why you trade two future first-round picks, a third-round pick, and you swap picks in this year's first round to move up to three to draft a quarterback. It's because you don't believe in the guy. And if Jimmy Garoppolo, Greg, can't figure that out, then he's the most naive dude that's ever walked this planet. Or as you said, he just doesn't care. He's fine. His yeah, and- he Bay area, lean back, kick back, put the feet up and just have another season out there in San Fran.
1: Yeah, Nick, I, I understand the, um, I understand the stories, and lines that are out there on why San Francisco should, uh, why they shouldn't trade them and all this stuff and why they should keep them. And they budgeted for this. And like, I, I get all that stuff. It, it, it's not, it makes sense. Okay. And I get it, but at the end of the day, this is not, it's not tenable for this season. Like, unless you, and we've even heard like, who was it? The, I think it was the Eagles or no, 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 it was the Jaguars. When they drafted Blake Bortles in the top 10, they said, we are not going to play. We're not going to play him as a rookie. He's going to sit. What happened? He played as a rookie, which was probably the worst thing for him. Um, but you know, when it comes to this stuff, um, when it comes to the 49ers and why I think at the end of the day, I think they're going to wise up. I think they are going to trade him at some point is because it's not tenable. Like you you can't and I know there are some issues. I know some of the veterans on the team, like whether it's Kittle or use or, you know, whoever on the offense, um, they want Jimmy. They believe in Jimmy and and but at some point in time, that rookie from the number three pick is going to be there. He's going to get all the media attention. He, they, everyone is just waiting. It's it's going to make Jimmy uncomfortable. It's going to make the locker room uncomfortable. Like, you know, make a decision if you're Shanahan and Lynch. Like, and and look, I think a lot of this is just posturing. and And I don't think they're trying to necessarily posture Belichick I think they're just like looking at the situation for a couple weeks and I know the Patriots aren't in a rush to do anything and but it's just it it, that is not going to be a good situation if if Lynch and Shanahan want to keep their jobs they need to they need to crap or get off the pot one way or the other because you're going to get in a situation in training camp during the season where we're going to get shots of Justin Fields sitting on the sideline waiting for it. I mean, and trust me, Kyle Shanahan is a guy who thinks that just about any type of quarterback can run his system as long as they're tough, have a little bit of mobility, have some accuracy. Like they can, it's not complicated. Okay. It's not a complicated system. It's Shanahan makes the system work. And I agree with him. I love his system. I think it's very quarterback friendly. So, like, why? why wouldn't you just go get somebody like Gardner Minshew and draft the quarterback? You save $24 million. You pick up a second round pick or say maybe a future first or what have you, um, you know, from the Patriots, whatever the the compensation ends up being. I just don't understand uh, the need to, to, they they could have worked out a deal with Belichick beforehand to get all this stuff done. Um, it, it's just it's just odd that they're putting on this facade. I don't know why they're playing hard to get. Maybe Belichick hasn't been returning Shanahan's phone calls or or, or what have you. They'll see each other at the Alabama Pro Day uh, this week, so that should be interesting. But they just they, they, if they think if they really think they can go with Jimmy and uh, uh, this number three pick next year, they are completely fooling themselves, and it is going to implode to the point where they are last place in the NFC West again, and they're both
0: looking for jobs. Again, let's talk common sense. Let's talk business. When you look at the deal that was made, when you move up and you give up what San Francisco gave up to get to three, a couple of things. I don't think you're making that kind of earth shattering deal because they gave up a ton, Greg. I don't Mm -hmm. think you're giving up that much to draft a guy that you're going to sit for a full season. I just, I just don't see that happening. I I just do not. As soon as Garoppolo has a bad game, what's going to happen? As soon as Garoppolo stumbles for a quarter or two, people are going to be clamoring for the new shiny toy in the toy store. Secondly, These first-round picks, they're worth their weight in gold, and you know this because of the contracts. You get five years on that rookie deal. Now, here's the thing. We say five years, but really you get three years because when you draft somebody at number three, you best damn well know who that player is before May of his fourth year. Why? Because you have to okay his fifth-year option. So San Francisco has to make a decision based off of Whoever is going to be at number three, and we could talk about that in a minute. Whoever is going to go number three to San Francisco, the 49ers have to make an evaluation and decision on that player after his third year in the league. They have to look at him and say, okay, we're either going to give him an extension, which is happening now to Sean Watson and Mahomes and, you know, Jared Goff, which was a bad mistake, and Carson Wentz. I would think Josh Allen will soon get his extension. These these deals, these rookie deals, usually after the third year, if you're a quarterback who's been good enough, you're going to get your extension. You're going to cash in. So that means San Francisco has to make up their minds within three years. You think they're going to give up one of those three years to play Jimmy G, a guy mm-hmm. who they haven't believed in? Like it, it just it doesn't make any sense um, as far as number three, because I want to get into our other teams of threat against the Patriots and inevitably would the Patriots make this move and and what would that look like but first Greg who do you think it could be I don't know if you have any intel if not just your guess who you think San Francisco moved up to three to get do you think because there's been a lot of smoke Chris Sims Mike Lombardi a lot of people bringing up Mac Jones do you think it's Mac Jones at three or do you think they bring in a guy like Trey Lance who they would have to work with for some time?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question, Nick, and um, I don't think it's Mac Jones. I just – I don't. There's not enough upside at three in the draft for me. I mean, you probably know what his ceiling is, and you think that he can be pretty decent. I mean, look, if you think he's Tom Brady, then you absolutely draft him. Um, could he be that? I, I guess. Um, but to me, in terms of the whole – I mean, Trey Lance ha- probably has the highest ceiling. Um. You know, like you said, it, it could take him longer because he basically didn't play this year. Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's Fields. I think that his his mix of athletic ability, arm strength, um, you know, smarts, toughness, things like that. I just think he's. I I just think he's for that for that team and that system. I just think he's the whole package. I I mean, I could be totally off on this, but um, from the pe- people that I've talked to, the scouts I've talked to, uh, they really like Fields, and I think that I think he would be a perfect fit for the 49ers, and I think he could play really early in that scheme.
0: All right, so what does this do, in your mind, to the Patriots? Because we've talked about the idea of them possibly moving up to draft a quarterback. I know some people look at this and they say, well, the San Francisco move hurts the the Patriots because – They would have to give up even more than we thought they would have to give up. But then you also look at the Miami-Philadelphia trade, Greg. And, you know, for Miami to move from 12 to 6, it cost them a future first. So I don't think it's that crazy. If you go off of that deal, it's not crazy to think the Patriots could trade 15 and a first next year and get into the top seven or eight. But overall do you think that San Francisco Miami deal makes it less likely even less likely that the Patriots are going to move up to draft the next guy?
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was likely before. I think it's less now. I think it I think it is cost prohibitive um to me at this point in time and um look there's 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 the we've talked about it before. There's a quarterback tax. There's a top 5 tax. It's a little bit going from 6 to 12 is different than going 13 to three. And um, so it depends on how high the Patriots would want to go. And who knows they're going to be at pro days um, this week. The coaches are out, including we saw Belichick at Miami. Um, Of course, people are going to completely overreact to Belichick being out there, especially at Alabama. They're going to be like, Oh yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah. I mean, but he was at Miami yesterday. So was he looking at a quarterback there? Like these are, these are schools with, Good football players. Yeah, that's what they're going to scout. Good football players, um, and Florida later in the week. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just don't think it's. I've always doubted that. I think, I think the best thing for the Patriots, the best plan for them, and I, I think sort of where they were going in any event was uh, what we've talked about before. Sort of like a quarterback in the second round, late first, second round, and I think you do that with um even if you get Jimmy I think the plan I think the plan should be we'll see whatever happens with Cam I mean where's he gonna go it's not like he has a job I mean if somebody <laughs> else wants to come get him you know he can they can trade him you know and and I'm sure Belichick will be like look if something comes up and you don't want to be here or whatever you know we'll deal with it but look the Patriots trade for Jimmy that's I that's the ideal um Cam's the veteran backup because who knows. Um you know, when cam or when, when, how, how healthy Jimmy stays. And I still think you draft the young quarterback of the future because you never know with Jimmy and maybe you get him back and you see him in that role more. And you're just like, no, he doesn't hack it. He chokes at the end of games. He gets hurt too much. He's always going to be hurt. he's not tough enough. He doesn't play through injuries, things like that. And you just say, you know what? Eh. But at least you at least you have a plan going on, but uh, we'll have to see what happens.
0: All right, so if it's Jimmy G, right? Let's circle back. Let's get to uh, Jimmy G, and and whether or not other teams are interested. You look around the league. You know, maybe Chicago with Andy Dalton might be interested. But again, now you're playing. Now you're paying, thirty five million dollars for the quarterback position. I don't know if Chicago is in that in that area to do that. Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick would be another team that could be interested. Uh, the Denver Broncos, John Elway. Uh, are other teams a threat? If if Jimmy G is officially put on the trade block and let's say the Patriots are interested, are other teams a threat to new England? Uh, I think there's a
1: chance. I do think, I think there's a chance that a team like new Orleans, even though mm. I, I don't, I don't think they're a serious threat at the end of the day, not only what they've invested in the quarterback position, but, and, and people will say, you know, people like Felger say, Oh, forget the salary cap. This is really a time when they've, they've just – they're leveraged to the hilt as far as the salary cap. There's really no other moves that they can make to get Jimmy at close to his current value under that cap. There's just no I, – I, I don't think there's any chance. I think if, as far as like real suitors that could be involved, I think you have to look at the Panthers because they're, they're so desperate for a quarterback. And now with these trades, they might be on the outside looking in. He, I think, let me
0: cut you, you off for a minute, Greg. Is he is Jimmy G an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Yes. Okay. Way better. Yeah. I mean, and trust me, they're done with Teddy. They're they've seen enough. They saw enough at about <laughs> midseason. Okay. So, um, and plus, you have people in that front office who have been in New England, who know Jimmy, who were around when they drafted him and things like that. So they have intel there on jimmy great point. Uh, i think it, i think that carolina is a threat i think that uh washington is a threat but i think at the end of the day when you're when you're don Yee and you're the agent you have to look at all these scenarios and yes chicago denver you know those teams will come up but when you're don Yee, you have to go to jimmy and you have to look at the situations You you have to say look you're going to be 30 okay they're your, are next, let's engineer this, but you're only going to get one shot at this. Okay. Because the, the Patriots traded you, even though that was different circumstances, the 49ers said, you're not good enough. And we're trading three first round picks to get your successor. And now if you go to someplace else and it doesn't work, then you're screwed. What's the best situation, Chicago, uh, you know, pace and Nagy are closer to getting fired than they are to winning the Super Bowl. Like this is this is it for them. If they don't win, yep, they're gone. They almost just got fired. Vic Fangio. There's a new GM, um, George Payton, came into Denver. If Fangio doesn't win this year, he's probably not back next year. The, the Washington is a circus all the time. Now, if you're looking for stability in terms of, uh, you know, a place that's going to give you what you need to grow and also um, stability at the at the Coaching position, you have to look at Carolina and Matt Rule, but that's a place that will always be looking for their franchise guy. I'm sure you know Tepper, the the the, the owner is going to be everybody's ear, like Jimmy's fine and all, but we need to get the guy, you know yeah. that sort of things. And but it, to me, at the end of the day, for Jimmy to be successful, it's no contest that it's coming back to New England. With now they have restocked the roster with Belichick, with McDaniel's, where for six glorious quarters, you lit the world on fire. Come back and do that again. To me, it's it's no contest what the
0: best situation is for Jimmy. What is he worth? If you're the Patriots, what are you willing to put on that table for Jimmy G right now? Great question. Um,
1: and, and you also have to look at it from how does San Francisco save face? You know, right. because they can't. I I, I think it's got to be what it's got to be what New England. Um, got in return it's got to be a second round pick it's got to be somewhere there maybe like a second and if if san francisco is really being in a pain in the ass then you give them like a conditional fifth or what have you if they're really being difficult i might flip the bird at them tell them to go screw and good luck with um that scenario that you have working out where you know you're going to replace jimmy where he's eight no and, and that's the thing jimmy has to realize that even if he plays great to justify what they did. And and you also talked about the contract. Like you don't trade that much, not to get the full value of the rookie quarterback contract. That's the whole appeal, not having a $25 million caddy. That's the whole appeal to the thing you say, all right, we're going to go get the guy. We can save money there for uh, five years or what have you, and we could build the team around. That's the path to go. And they're uh, congrats on them being bold, but you don't get a 25 million dollar backup. And so I think that's all part of the conversation. but I think it's, I think it's a second round pick, maybe another conditional. If they're really getting horny and, and Belichick really wants them, you know, maybe you go conditional first round pick next year. Because the Patriots figure to be good, and they just say, all right, well, fine. If he starts 16 games, we'll give you a 2022 first-round pick. Like, we don't think he's going to do that, but um, that's possible.
0: That's too rich for my blood. Uh, I'd be willing to give them the compensatory pick in the third round. Maybe you could talk me into making that a conditional second, depending on if he plays, you know, 14, 15, 16 games. Maybe I slide it up to a second. But, I mean, listen. That's fair. we know what he was last time when he was dealt, right? Like everybody was buying into the hype. Everybody was talking about, oh, Tom Brady's pupil. And, you know, he, he learned under the tree of Belichick. And you just see the six quarters that he played that you mentioned. Well, now we know. We have a lot of film on him. And I am not the biggest Jimmy G guy in the world. I'm really not. I, I think he's average. Uh, and I, I might even argue he's average at best. Now, with the New England system and stuff, maybe they coach him up. Maybe he's better. But from what I've seen in San Francisco, he turns the football over too much. Uh, He's not very good at reading linebackers in the middle of the field, which is kind of interesting if you're going to try to attack the middle of the field like the Patriots look like they're going to. Uh, He's been injured constantly. He can't stay on the field. And when he's been put in a big moment, he has either been not asked to be the guy or he's failed. So – I think I'm drawing the line at a compensatory third. If he plays 15, 16 games, that can slide up to a conditional second in 2022. I'm just, I'm not going to give too much for Jimmy G. I, I think people are more in love with the name than the player. Let's get to the uh, BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check them out, or, or, yeah. I'll try that again. Check them out over at BSJ for eleven cents a day on their annual plan. Not only do you get top notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports, if you're a Patriots junkie, obviously you are. A membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis, Bedard does in the coaches' film, and direct access to him in weekly chats. Uh, here is the question today, Greg. And there's a little bit of a, a preamble here before. Uh, I'm confused how Steve Belichick and mayo are losers from this spending spree you just gave them a boatload of talent right now they must be like kids in a candy store putting this defensive talent to use they're only losers if they suck at putting it together are you suggesting greg that past defensive coordinators have been able to cobble together great defenses with less talent than they've had the last couple years
1: a little bit and what he's referring to is i did Um, part of my column this weekend was I did winners and losers from the Patriots spending spree. And I put Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo as the losers because, or one of the losers, because they're completely on the spot now. Like they basically got, they basically got the skate. So, so 20, after the 2018 season, they win the Super Bowl. Brian Flores leaves. It's Belichick and Mayo basically combining to be the defensive coordinator. And in 2019 for about what? 12 games of the season, they were like the greatest defense in Patriots history. And then they completely crapped the bed down the stretch, including they got run off their own field in the finale against Ryan Fitzpatrick in the five and 11 dolphins that cost the Patriots a first round bye in the playoffs. So that happened. Nobody really said anything. It was the first year, what have you, the offense wasn't good, all that stuff. Then last year, Uh, the the defense was slipped even more and we understand like the front seven due to opt-outs injuries, youth, what have you um, didn't work out. So there wasn't a whole lot of pressure, put more pressure on the secondary. You know, we get it, but the, you know, the defensive coordinators didn't exactly make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, you know, last year. Right. And so now my point is now they, they add all these guys. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> what, they they completely reconstructed the front seven. I mean, they have a whole new defensive line with Lawrence Guy. They have Kyle Van Noy's back. They have Matthew Judon. They have you know they should be able to move their safeties wherever they want. They have you know Kyle Duggar in year two. They have Adrian Phillips in year two. They have right now they have you know Gilmore still on the roster. There is no excuse why this defense should not be great this year. And so that's my point. My point is. They, they, those coaches to in my mind have not proven anything. I think they are on the spot. I don't, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think this defense is gonna be as good as people think it is. And I, I think that the coaches are
0: gonna get a lot of pressure. So there you have it. Mayo, Steve Belichick in the crosshairs. We're waiting for Jimmy G. Let's see if it happens or not. This is the story that will never die. He's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. That's how we continue to do this podcast. Uh, Tell your friends and family about it. We'll be back next time. Talk more about the Pats and whatever else happens in the NFL. Until then, be good, be safe, and be healthy.